You're listening to Doctrine and Duty, podcast of Brian Ray, Senior Pastor of Alexander Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia, where biblical theology meets everyday Christian life. Greetings, beloved. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Doctrine and Duty, featuring yours truly, Pastor Brian Ray. Hope all is well with you today. I uh, hope you enjoyed the Easter season. I apologize that there was no uh, episode last week. I became, I came down with something, became sick, and was unable to uh, do a whole lot of things last time. Uh, but it is great to be back with you in the Word of God in John chapter 15 and verse number 16. Jesus says, You did not choose me, but I chose you. And appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, so that you will love one another. Well, we are slowly, meticulously working our way through the Abstract of Principles, a document that is just a few uh, years old and uh, that we've been working through. I think the last. Uh, subject that we covered was providence. This time we're going to be working on, working through, going through the doctrine of election. Uh, election, according to the abstract of principles, is God's eternal choice of some persons unto everlasting life, not because of foreseen merit in them, but of His mere mercy in Christ, in consequence of which choice they are called, justified, and glorified. Baptist Faith and Message speaks of this when it says the gracious purpose of God, according to which He regenerates, justifies, sanctifies, and glorifies sinners. It is the glorious display of God's sovereign goodness and is infinitely wise, holy, and unchangeable. Um, there is Grace to You Ministries from John MacArthur, which reads, The act of God whereby in eternity past God chose those who will be saved. It is unconditional because it does not depend on anything outside of God, such as good works or foreseen faith. There is a quote I'd like to share with you from R.C. Sproul. We are secure, not because we hold tightly to Jesus, but because He holds tightly to us. And then last but not least, I would like to quote the great Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Whatever may be said about the doctrine of election, it is written in the Word of God with an iron pen. There is no getting rid of it. To me, it is one of the sweetest and most blessed truths in the whole of Revelation. And those who are afraid of it are so because they do not understand it. If they could but know that the Lord had chosen them, it would make their hearts dance for joy. Now, the question is not whether or not the doctrine of, of election is in the Scripture, or is it scriptural, or is it biblical, is it theological? The answer to all of those questions is yes, the doctrine of election is in the Word of God. It is especially prevalent in the New Testament, and uh, as you've heard just a touch of the words of Christ, and as you will hear in a moment the words of Paul, election is certain there. The fact that God chooses. We don't understand the process whereby God chooses, and, and of course then we have to get into the debate. Well, some would have us get into the debate about the, the choosing of some uh, to eternal life and the choosing of others to eternal destruction. We're not looking at double predestination or anything like that right now. We're looking at the doctrine of election. Now, there is some space for differing views, uh, but there's no room for extremes. You say, well, what extremes would you be referring to? Great question. Glad you asked. One extreme would be to take election to the far right, if you would, and 
this these who would hold to this would say something like, well, since God's already elected everybody, then we just sit here and enjoy our electness and we don't do anything. But of course, that goes against everything. I mean, Jesus clearly says that he has chosen us, that we would go and bear fruit. The word of God commands that we go and share the gospel. So um, the, the big deal is that we don't know who the elect are. And so we evangelize everyone because we don't know. And so the rejection of evangelism would be a far right extreme. A far left extreme of this doctrine would be human authored salvation. And obviously that would also go against the word of God as that too would be blasphemy. When we go back to the doctrine of election as it is discussed briefly, and you know, we, we wonder why, why is it so brief? Well, I mean, if you want to look at a theological treatise, uh, a systematic theology, uh, by Millard Erickson or Wayne Grudem or edited by Danny Aiken. There are at least three of those that you can look through as far as theological treatises, uh, the systematic theologies, and you'll get a lot more information on the doctrine of election. But remember, this is a document that would be signed by professors uh, affirming their uh, their belief in these truths, in these doctrines. And so it's not going to be really long, laborious, and detailed. So let's look back at this short statement. It says, election is God's eternal choice. Um, no matter what we believe about how God chooses, uh, we must agree that election is God's eternal choice. Now, some would say that God uh, kind of joins along with humanity. Some would say that God foresees something good in you. Uh, we would also reject that because we understand that there's nothing good in us, that God uh, would not look through the portals of time and say, oh, wow, Brian Ray, great guy. I'm going to vote for him. Maybe he'll vote for me and we'll join up together and he'll be elect. Not at all the way it works. It is God's eternal choice of some unto everlasting life. We understand that not all are saved. To believe that all are saved is universalism. It says, election is God's eternal choice of some persons unto everlasting life. Uh, that is eternal life, spiritual life, life forever, life without stopping, non-stop life, eternity with the Lord forever and ever. And then it says this, not because of foreseen merit, which I just referenced a few moments ago. Um, there's nothing in us uh, that's good. What is in us that God would foresee? He would see sin, evil, rebellion, depravity. So his election or his saving of anyone, self-included, has nothing to do with me, but it is of his mere mercy in Christ. In other words, this is God's merciful plan. God's not required, it's not demanded of God that God save anyone, and yet in His mercy, He saved. He saves. He saved. He saves. Glory to God. This is in consequence of which choice they are called justified and glorified. So here, it seems that the focus uh, on this last part is on the result of the election, called, justified, and glorified. Well, the calling is how we get there. Uh, how do we get saved? How do we experience salvation? Uh, we experience the Holy Spirit's call to come to know Christ. So we are walking through life, rebels, uh, dirty, rotten, filthy, stinking uh, sinners, and we have uh, we are enslaved to sin and selfishness and self-righteousness and lusts and greed and pride and fear and worry and doubt, and we're marked by all of those things. We're children of of Satan. We're, we walk in the darkness. Uh, we are blinded uh, by the light of God's Word. We are dead in our trespasses and sins. The Scripture gives us many terrible designations to describe our lives before Christ. But then in that, in at some point in time, we begin to be convicted of our sins, and 
realize that we are lost and that we can't save ourselves and we need someone to save us. And we would say that that is the call of the Holy Spirit of God calling us to Christ, at which point we, by the grace of God, are extended uh, the gift of grace and the gift of faith, those gifts, the twin gifts of grace and faith, and we get saved. So we're called. Well, at the moment of our conversion, we are justified before God. Before, we were sinners before God. Before, there was no way in which we could reach up to God. Um, and no, and He would not reach down to us because of our sin. And yet this great, glorious, this terrible chasm was bridged by the Lord Jesus Christ, this glorious truth of Christ justifying us, the righteousness of Christ being imputed into us. He took away our unrighteousness and our filth and our sin and infused us with His righteousness. So we're justified. That is a positional thing. Now we are no longer in sin, in darkness, blinded. Now we are in Christ, and now heaven is our home, and now we are the children of God. Uh, The eternal choice of God, the election of God, uh, called, justified, and then glorified. Whenever the believer um, goes, capital H, home, whenever the believer breathes his last here, Uh, Whenever that believer, whenever she enters into the glorious presence of God, there is the glorification of the the saint. Um, This is a done deal prior to, but it is not fulfilled or fully experienced until death or until Christ comes, uh, whichever comes first. And for everyone so far, it's death. Uh, I want to read to you now from the book of Ephesians in verse number 3 and just kind of let the Word of God... Uh, guide us in this thought of election. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. Now you see where the abstract principles, writers, where they got their information from, right there in the Scriptures. Even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him in love. He predestined us for adoption to Himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace, with which He has blessed us in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of His will, according to His purpose, which He set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in Him, things in heaven and things on earth. Ephesians 1, verse 11. In Him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of His glory. In Him you also heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. We praise the Lord for the eternal, nonstop, forever life that God has set aside for us. We rejoice in Him, and and that's the that's the duty portion of this doctrine of duty episode. Is what do we do? What, how should we live our life in light of the doctrine of election? Um, a life of praise, a life of thanksgiving, a life of holy wonder. Lord, why in the world would you save me? Praise you, thank you, Father. Why in the world would you be so good and gracious as to save me? So many people get caught up on in you know who is saved, who's not saved, and want to fight and argue about this doctrine and other issues. You know, I think we should just relish in the fact that we are saved and we are the children of God, and then we should get to work 
and and do our job in sharing the gospel and allowing the Holy Spirit to draw people to himself through us. So um, listen, love you guys. So thankful for you. It's been great to be with you on this doctrine of election. And I just want to challenge you. Don't, don't let a, a doctrine uh, be controversial. Um, let a doctrine be biblical and let the word of God speak for itself. It doesn't matter really what you've always thought or felt about a, a, a doctrine or a passage of scripture. What does the word of God say? Let us be biblical in our doctrine and let us be Christ-like in our duty. So love you guys. Have a super week and look forward to being with you again next week right here on another episode of Doctrine and Duty. It's me, Brian Ray, signing off. You've been listening to Doctrine and Duty, a podcast of Alexander Baptist Church located at 4316 Pamela Court, Chesapeake, Virginia. Join us Sundays at 10 a.m. and find us online at abch.org.